It was a bright Saturday in September, but felt as though it was still summer. Nellie had had a busy week at work at the town hall, where she was assistant to the mayor, and today she longed for a bit of normality, a little taste of how life used to be before the war, before the air raids and the rationing, and the endless somber news reports on the wireless radio. She was taking her little sister, Flo, for a picnic in the park. It was hot, the kind of heat that makes you yearn for the weather to cool down and the leaves to fall. But then you berated yourself for wishing away the good weather. The autumn chill would come soon enough, Nellie told herself, and with it the dark days of winter when she'd be returning home from work after dark, stumbling along in the blackout, every yard treacherous. Come on, Flo, let's get a move on. More time for our picnic, she said, tugging her sister by the hand. They walked through the familiar streets of Bethnal Green, where she'd always lived, passing a row of shops with their meager window displays. Second-hand clothes, rabbit and mutton in the butcher's, it had been so long since she'd had beef. A queue, still, at the greengrocers for apples from the orchards of Kent. On one corner stood the remains of a side wall of a bombed-out house. A curtain still flapping forlornly in its window. She averted her eyes from the bomb sites, the hollowed-out shells that had once been people's homes. Houses just like her own. She didn't want to risk spoiling her happy mood thinking about them now. When will they rebuild it? When can the people have their house back, Flo asked, looking up at it. After the war's over, I expect. Nellie sighed, adjusting the basket hanging from her arm. But the people who lived there were unlikely to ever come home, she thought. For all she knew, they might have perished inside when their house took a direct hit. What if the war goes on forever and ever? Lately, the headlines screamed about Royal Air Force bombing raids on Munich, and Nellie felt her stomach lurch thinking about it. Whenever the British had successfully bombed a German city, you could be sure there'd be a retaliatory strike coming soon after. And that usually meant London would be hit, which meant the East End of London would be once more in danger. Her little sister, only seven years old, could barely remember a time before the war began and it showed no signs of ending any time soon. As much as the war had marred Flo's childhood, it had robbed Nellie of her teenage years when she should have been having fun without a care in the world. Although it wasn't as bad these days as it was in the beginning, when the docks and warehouses were targeted, and then during the Blitz when Hitler had sent his bombers over built-up areas trying to break the British spirit, it hadn't worked. They were still here, still fighting, and would never surrender, as the Prime Minister had said near the start of the war. Never surrender. Nellie jutted out her chin defiantly as she remembered Mr. Churchill's speech. It won't go on forever, I promise. Look, we're almost here. Nellie smiled, eager to cheer her sister up as she led them across the bridge over the Regent's Canal and into Victoria Park, past the statues of the two dogs that guarded the entrance, Flo, as always, gave each dog a pat as she passed. These days, with Victoria Park mostly taken over by the military, anti-aircraft guns on part of it and a prisoner-of-war camp at the far end, 
there were a few places where one could feel truly free. Still, there was a small section of Vicky Park that was open to the public, and numerous smaller parks and gardens tucked between the streets of Victorian terraced houses. Some had been dug up to grow vegetables, but others were still free for children to play in. There was always a game of football going on somewhere or other, with boys using their jackets to mark the goals. A little farther on they crossed the small bridge that led onto a tiny island in the middle of a pond. I remember when children weren't allowed on this island, Nellie told Flo. It was for grown-ups only. Didn't you ever go on the island till you was grown up, Flo asked, wide-eyed. Nellie smiled. Actually, we did. Babs and Billy and me. One of us would distract the park keeper and the others would race across the bridge onto the island. By the time the parkie spotted us, we'd have done a full tour of it and all he could do was chase us off. But we were faster runners than him and he had no hope of catching us. Flo laughed (laughs) and Nellie chuckled too. Those had been good times before the war, when she'd still been a schoolgirl and Flo was only a baby. She, her best friend Barbara and Barbara's brother Billy had been inseparable back then. The three of them were close in age, with Billy older than Nellie by one year and Babs younger by one year. They'd grown up together. She was 18 now, an adult more or less, a working woman with an important job at the town hall, but sometimes she wished she was still a child, playing hide-and-seek in the park with Billy and Babs. As if thinking about him had conjured him up, she spotted a familiar figure walking towards them, grinning broadly. Thought it was you, Nellie Morris, having a picnic, Billy called out, pointing to the basket hanging from the crook of her elbow. Yes, we've decided to make the most of the good weather, and Flo does like a picnic. She likes a tickle too, I bet, Billy said, as he lunged for Flo. She ran off squealing, and Nellie stood watching them laughing. Billy was like an older brother to them both, and she was fond of him. At times like these, you could almost forget there was a war on, and these were the moments that kept her going. After a lap of the island, the two were back, Billy gasping for breath. She's too fast for me these days, he said, wheezing a little. Be careful, Billy, your asthma. He nodded and reached for the medicinal cigarettes he had always carried. A few puffs of one delivered the medication it contained deep into his lungs, stopped the wheezing. I know, I'll be all right. He lit a cigarette and inhaled deeply. There, all good now. What you got to eat in there? He nodded at the basket Nellie was carrying, the picnic her mother, Em, had put together for them. Sandwiches, shortbread, lemon barley, Enough for three if you want to join us. There wasn't. Not really. But she felt she had to offer. He shook his head. Sounds good, but I can't. On shift later. Air raids don't wait for picnics. He gave her a mock salute, ruffled Flo's hair and set off. Nellie watched as he passed a pair of middle-aged women. One of them had a poodle on a lead. They stared after him and shook their heads disapprovingly, and the dog barked. They made no effort to quiet the animal. No doubt the woman thought Billy was a conscientious objector, as he was not in uniform today. They didn't know he was an air raid warden. They didn't know how hard he worked, how many extra shifts he took on, how many nights he spent supervising the people in the tube station shelter, despite the fact that being cooped up down there in that damp atmosphere was not good for his lungs. They all did their bit for the war effort. Her father Charlie did a few shifts each week as a fire watcher as well as his regular job as a warehouse man down at the London docks, 
Babs worked in a factory making military uniforms. Nelly, when are we going to eat our sandwiches? I'm going to save the crust for the ducks. See them, over there. Ducklings too, Flo said. Are there? Let's go. Nelly let herself be pulled by Flo over to the shore of the island. Sure enough, nestled in amongst some reeds, was a family of ducks. The ducklings were tiny, fluffy things, and it was all Nelly could do to keep Flo on dry land, watching but not trying to grab at the little creatures. Across the park in the closed-off area, the huge anti-aircraft, or ACAC guns, as they were known, stood silent, pointing skyward, ready for action whenever the next air raid occurred. Yet here, at their feet, was a small reminder that life went on just as it always had. They were packing up when the shrill wail of the air raid siren sounded. In daytime, really, Nellie said in surprise as her heart began to pound. She stuffed things into the picnic basket and grabbed Flo's hand. Come on, we gotta run. Nellie, where should we go? I don't want to be bombed. Flo screamed in terror. They were nowhere near the underground station where the family usually went to shelter from air raids and far too close to the Akat guns that could easily be a target for the German bombers. She imagined a direct hit on the guns, shrapnel flying across the park, hitting them both. Little Flo falling, bleeding and lifeless. No, it couldn't happen. She had to save her sister. There was a public shelter near the entrance to the park that they'd passed on the way in. It was just one of those corrugated iron ones dug into the ground, but it would have to do. Anything was better than being caught in the open. As Nellie ran, gripping Flo's hand tightly, a wave of German bombers passed overhead, low enough for her to make out the Luftwaffe emblem on their wings. Their engines screamed and roared, the sound recognisably different from that of the RAF planes that frequently flew over in formation. Off to bomb towns in Germany. Flo stopped and stared up at them. It was possibly the first time she'd see the enemy. Nellie realised. The air raids were normally at night. She feared the planes overhead would open fire with their machine guns at any moment. Never mind the bombs they carried. We've got to run, Flo, she urged, praying she could protect her little sister. They reached the shelter and she pushed Flo ahead of her into it, panting loudly. Inside, she held Flo close to her, resting her cheek on Flo's soft, curly hair. Thank God they made it. Whew, close one, miss, said a young boy in the shelter, clutching his little dog as he tried to catch his breath. I know, don't understand why the warning was so late. We barely had time to get here. Daylight raid, it. Our lads only watch for them at night, I reckon. Nellie didn't think that could be true and pulled Flo onto her lap, hoping her parents and their brother George would all have made it to safety. Like everyone else in the East End, they were old hands at dealing with air raids, but no matter how many times it happened, it still terrified her. The thought that this one might be the bomb with her name on it, that these might be her last moments on Earth. She tried to take a deep breath to calm herself, determined not to cry and not to let Flo see how frightened she was. The Akak guns started up, their sound so much louder than Nellie was used to, as they were so close. But it was reassuring that the city was being defended. This small shelter could hold just a handful of people. It had only a wooden plank to sit on and an earthen floor, 
and was a far cry from the warren of the underground station they'd become accustomed to. Down there, they had bunk beds, toilets, a kitchen serving warm food, and even a little theatre for entertainment. Glad we don't have to come here whenever there's a raid, eh, Flo? She said, tightening her arms around her sister. Flo nodded and snuggled closer to her. It was terrifying being in that little shelter, while you could hear the planes flying above, the boom of the Akak guns and occasional distant thuds of bombs. Down in the tube, the sounds of war were more muted, and it was easier to bear. Plus, they'd be with Em and Charlie and George, and Nellie wouldn't have sole responsibility for Flo. She blinked away a tear as she tried to look calm. When at last the sounds of the planes and guns tapered off, the all-clear siren went off. Nellie led Flo out of the shelter and they began their walk home through the dusty air and newly created rubble. As they rounded the corner into Morpeth Street, its rows of red brick Victorian terraced houses facing each other. George threw open the front door of their house with their father close behind him. I was out in the street, George said breathlessly. When them bombers came over, they were so low. We saw them too from our shelter. Nellie replied with a shudder as she recalled how they swooped down so close to the ground. I could see the whites of their eyes, George went on. Lead fellow. He had blonde hair like Flo's. I had to dive under a bush before he could shoot me down. Charlie glared at him. What was you doing out in the street? Get to a shelter the minute you hear the air raid siren. Ain't I always told you that? I did, Dad, but... George began. You're not to go too far from the tube, you hear me? So you can go straight there. Charlie wagged his finger at his son. Nellie and Flo were miles from the tube when they were in the park. Half a mile, idiot, Nellie said, giving her brother a scornful look. At least they got to a shelter. Charlie ran his hands through his hair. The thought seemed to have struck him that his children had been in danger in broad daylight on a bright September Saturday. It sent a shiver down Nellie's spine too. If anything happened to Flo while they were out, she'd never forgive herself. Nellie hugged her father, then kissed her mother, who ushered them into the house. It's all right, we're all safe. It's ramping back up again though, isn't it? At least not as bad as the Blitz. Back in 1940 and 1941, there'd been bombing raids almost every night, and they'd practically lived in the tube station shelter. Nellie couldn't bear to think it might get that bad again.